everything costs money. It's a nightmare. Nothing's for free. No, no. You probably know that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sometimes surprised, I guess, by things that cost that not by things that I'm not surprised that things cost money, but I'm surprised at how often I have to spend I have to spend money. <laughs> I'm surprised at how so often things come up that need and they all need money. Well, it just happens like things you wouldn't even you know, that wouldn't necessarily be a big deal at your house. Like you forget to leave the fridge. You forget to shut the fridge. It's like open, like just a crack. Yeah. But this happens on Sunday and, you know, come back to look at the fridge until Tuesday. And like, you're like, oh man, that tiny error is that's like $600. Yeah. <laughs> and like when you're at the the top of the food chain, it's like, there's nobody like, well, yeah, somebody else is going to take yeah, care hey, of boss, it. It's like, we no, get this fixed. you're the, you are the, you are the boss. Right. You're the boss, Bobby. It's still, it's still hard to, it's still hard to hear that sometimes. <laughs> well, that's something that I do want to get into. Okay. Once we get this thing rolling, all right, and all that stuff, cool. And we're already rolling, so I'll tell you all what. Right. Gonna do my intro. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people who listened to the conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, Bobby. Cheers, my friend. Appreciate you being here today. Glad to be here. For anyone out there in the internet land that does not know, this beautiful angel that's sitting to my left here, his name is Bobby, and you are how? What do you how? What should we say? The the owner, the the head cook, I, the everything. I, I'm the pair to the pickle. Yeah. What do you What do you call yourself? Uh, operator. The operator. The operator. I the operator. The of, operator. The, the operator the of one of my favorite places oh, on the fucking planet. That's the pair in the pickle. Sweet. Make some noise. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yes. you very much. Say Thank hello you. to the internet, Bobby. Thank you. I know that uh, a lot of the time when I'm here, I have entertainers and performers, artists, people that typically talk a lot. And I'm not saying you're not an entertaining person to be around. I rather enjoy <laughs> you. But this may be a little bit outside of your element today, oh, the podcast thing. Yeah. So I do appreciate you taking the time oh. to be down here today on a Sunday, which is typically, if you've ever been to the Pair and the Pickle, it's like the busiest fucking day <laughs> of the week for you guys. So you're here it's, it's after crazy. working your ass off all day. And I appreciate well, it. Thank you well, for like, being here. You're, you're, I'm happy to be here and you're welcome. Uh, it, I mean, you're in there all the time. Yeah, I was so, in there today. Yeah. <laughs> every and day they're open. To, I'm happy to be here for you because <laughs> you're there for me literally every day. Oh, that's sweet. It's true. So going into it, you are the operator, yeah. the head honcho of sorts of the pair and the pickle. And we were talking about responsibilities and things falling on your shoulders sure. and all that stuff. You know, just jumping right into it. What is it like being a business owner? And is this something that you saw yourself being 10 years ago? Well, I, no, I didn't see myself as a, as a business. I didn't actually see myself as a business owner. Yeah. I, you know, when people ask me what I wanted to do 10 years ago, I would tell them, oh, sure. You know, maybe I'll have a restaurant or, or a coffee shop or a place to call my own, you know, eventually someday. But it, that's what it was. It was eventually and someday. And like 10 years ago, I would have never thought that this this would be a part of my life. Sure. So I'm really, I, I'm very fortunate. So what, 
was like the if there is just one thing that was like the big turning factor, to or get, was it just like a like a, a series of circumstances that it led was to a, it? It was it was a series, kind of a series of circumstances. Um, we had a we had a friend who uh, asked if we were interested in in doing something in Troy Hill, and he lived in the neighborhood, and he actually owns we're we're renting from him, and he owns the building, and uh, you know then this was five almost six years ago when we started maybe talking about wow. opening the pair in the pickle and we're gonna have our four-year anniversary this coming april so it's a, it was a while like the the pair in the pickles kind of been in the works for for a while and that would be the thing my my friend a friend of ours uh he, you know he owns the building asked yeah. if we'd be interested in doing something and and that was sort of one roadblock in owning your own sort of cafe or restaurant was where how can you afford to put a place totally together like that and he was you know he was very nice and gave us a very very uh a very very nice deal on rent and everything and so well that's, that's kind of the main thing that cool that did it you know it was, awesome. it was a fortunate it's, it's fortunate to know him. So you were already living in Troy Hill at that point, or were you living somewhere else in the city? So you no, were already in the neighborhood. We were in the neighborhood. We like because our friend introduced us to the neighborhood. You know, coming up to his house for dinner parties and stuff, for you know, just to hang out. And we just loved the neighborhood. And we met a few people at his house. And one of those people uh, gave my wife Alexis a call uh, one day and said, "Hey, there's this guy working on a house on." Uh, on your on the street, you should come and take a look at it. And she shot up and, and took a look, and the guy was renovating it to rent it. And she asked if he would be interested in selling it. And there you go. There it is. Yeah, yeah. we got really lucky because it's it's hard. I, th- I feel like it's kind of hard to buy a house in our neighborhood. You know, they come up and then they're like gone immediately. And I don't know if that has something to do with like. I think it know, just depends on how hard you're looking to. Yeah, that too. That's probably. anything. Mm-hmm. If you have your your nose in the shit, if you will. And you're just like, I'm looking for a fucking house. And you probably know about every single house that's for sale. But if you're very casual about it, like maybe you weren't necessarily looking to buy a house at the time in the same way that you weren't necessarily expecting to open up a cafe. It's just opportunities get thrown in your lap. Yeah, because we weren't looking to buy a house that time, but uh, it was a great opportunity again. And we just were really lucky. Yeah. I can't say it enough. I'm going to say it a lot because... I want people to know how lucky I feel to have this. Hell yeah. So four years. And it's funny because this is pretty much my going to be my four-year anniversary in Troy Hill coming Mm -hmm. up as well. Because the place opened up not too long, either before or after I had moved into the neighborhood. So it's been interesting, like, feeling like growing the place has grown as I feel like I've gotten more comfortable in the neighborhood and a lot of people that I know that live in Troy Hill I've met at Parent the Pickle and I see them in there all the time and uh that's been just it's fun it's like I feel like it's a and a part of my house that is three blocks down the street that's what we wanted you know when we finally decided to do a thing and we started talking about what our philosophy would be and the the term third place kept coming up you know you sh- there should be a third place you know you have your work your house and where's like a third place and yeah so we wanted to kind of be a third place for some people in the neighborhood to do exactly that to meet up with friends just to you know a place to come you know you'll, you'll see someone you know say hi hang out read the newspaper look at your phone read the you know just chill out for a couple hours hell yeah it's i think so, i think we succeeded in that a little bit chilling out for a couple hours yeah 
Let's get into Bobby not behind the grill. Bobby not at the pear or the pickle. What does Bobby do man. to chill out for a couple hours? Do well, you even get an opportunity anymore now? I don't chill much, man. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a family man these I days. Am a, I'm a bona fide family man. Two three-year-olds at home, twin boys, and it's tough. They, uh, they take up most of my time. And take up but is that's a bad all, Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I, I know that you don't. I know it's whenever you start talking about things like that, it's really hard to use the right vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. But I know that you're very geninely happy oh, about man your entire yeah. family situation. I'm, I'm super But definitely, stoked, like, how do you balance that, you know, just because, like, you got work and family, and there's obviously ways to enjoy your work and the things that you've built up and obviously enjoy the family, but I'm sure they could both be stressful as all hell at the sure. same time. I mean, so, what isn't? You know? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, everything probably in, in your life has the, the potential to be stressful at some point, but... You know, there's good stress and there's bad stress, I, I think. And so, you know, two, three-year-olds would cause any normal, rational person <laughs> a considerable amount of stress on sure. a daily basis. So, of course, I get that, you know. But as the parent, it feels different, you know. it. I kind of feel, I feel like fucking guilty for getting stressed out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I look back at the moment when I was stressed out with my kids and I was like, oh, man, they're fucking three years old there's three years old yeah i don't know what the heck's going on yeah so. but you're only human yeah exactly I think so a, that's a kind of how the I, key is realizing it later better late than never i suppose right, right. i'm a, yeah. i'm i'm always a little bit late to the party when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to shutting my mouth or 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 realizations that should have happened i'm the very late to that <laughs> it's unfortunate but Let's say you do get a moment to relax and chill out. Yeah. Like what is the Bobby thing to do? Well, I've been I've been playing my I have a Nintendo Switch. I got myself a Nintendo Switch and I love Nintendo products. I think I have since I got my first Nintendo. So I play a little Nintendo Switch. <laughs> some Super Smash Brothers. Okay. You know, that uh, seems like a good way to get that. Yeah, that, some that, Zelda. That out, yeah. A little Mario Kart. Okay. Yeah. So I literally I, I can do that for about Oh, Stardew Valley. I like that, too. Okay. I don't know that one. It's like, you know, you get a little farm and you tend to your farm. It's very zen, you know? Oh, okay. You meet people. You talk to them. You form relationships. You so, know, yeah. it's, it's silly. It's all, a, of those, can, can all of those it. do seem like very uh, fantastical elements of just your day-to-day life. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, that seems like kind of like a... Oh, I get an, what you're an amplified now. version of your oh right of being at the cafe right, or you right. know tending to the neighborhood. Yeah, and you know That's Smash funny. Brothers might be an amplified version of like an ornery <laughs> customer yeah. ordeal. Totally, <laughs> totally. You're right. It is. It's like it's there's there's a duality in everything. I guess you know it's it's a mirror image. <laughs> <laughs> Super Smash Brothers and customers. I do not like to beat up the customers. Yeah, no. That should be said. No, no, no. Most it's, of them anyway. It's a very, it's a very kind place. Yeah, it's but very in, chill, right? In most situations, there are just some people that, we'll just say for lack of a better word, don't get it. Yeah. So it's true. Some people don't get it. <laughs> they just don't get it. I remember the first time I came into the Pear and the Pickle and we had an interaction with each other. Um it was just very much like I got my sandwich, very whatever, like cool, this yeah. guy's whatever, like, you know, sat down and you were like, you complimented me on my, my six point brewing sticker yeah. on the laptop. Yeah. And I was like, 
you're like asking me like why I had it or something like that. I was like, oh no, I just like that place and I go to New York and stuff like yeah. that. And I think that like you had either told me that you spent time in New York mm-hmm. or something, but yeah. at that point realizing that like you were from that area at the time, because I don't think you're not from New York, but you spent no. some time in New York. I spent right? a good amount of time there. Yeah. Like, like after, as soon as I so. knew that, like, your whole aura made sense to me. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay. This guy's from New York. He's been living in Pittsburgh for a while, and he's just yeah. not, like, Pittsburgh friendly. But you're friendly. I don't mean that the wrong way. I but get You it. know what I mean? Like, I you're get just it. very, like, get it. no bullshit. Yeah, a little like, bit. Like, sometimes, like, if it's somebody that, you know, like, you get to know people and it's different, but whenever it's, like, strangers, it's just, like, you know, what would you like to have? Yeah. Tell me what you want. I'll make your food. Here's your that food. That bites me in the ass often. Though. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a stranger, right? And then all of a sudden you're a regular. But you were at one point a stranger who I was kind of a dick to or something. You know what I mean? So it's, I have to be really careful. I wish I were more careful. But yeah, I, I, I guess but, I do have a sort of a no-nonsense sort of. I mean, if you don't know me, I think the overall everyday look on my face is kind of like, that guy might not be much fun. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I suffer from the same thing a lot of the time. When I'm on the podcast, so a lot of people that watch the show, I mean, I'm not this animated most of the time. I'm no. usually in my head about a lot of things, trying yeah. to figure out, you know, the A, B, and C to the X, Y, and Z of right. the day, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I just don't have time for bullshit. <laughs> so a lot of the time... We're busy people. Yeah. You know? I think that it's it's hard for somebody in a position like you where you're juggling so much hmm. because, you know, you have your, again, the family, mm-hmm. you have your house, all that stuff, plus the business that you are running and you're there pretty much every day. Yeah. You know, you don't get a fucking break you don't at really. all. I, kind of, I don't like, know what I would do it, with free time. It's super easy to, for but because I know all that, it's super easy to empathize Uh, with it you know yeah i get what you're saying you know i and i think you do you understand me better than a lot of people that come in there you know because there are days when you know there there are just days when i feel like you get it you know you understand what i like my mood or whatever and it's cool you know and you know i like to say i I kind of uh i appreciate i appreciate that hey i appreciate my regulars a lot i mean I don't have a lot of free time to to hang out with people. So kind of that the cafe and the regulars is kind of me hanging out a little bit. Sure. In a way. I can well, validate it as that in my head. Well, like I hang out all day, you know. That goes back to me saying like even you can find those moments to relax in, you know, the thing that you've built and still be working. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's fucking awesome that you're always there working. I know it sucks and you probably don't want to be there all it the time. Suck that bad. But I think it's <laughs> fucking awesome because you could very easily just be like, ah, oh, whatever. The place yeah. could run itself, but yeah, I mean, and I, I, I whatever it sometimes. <laughs> no, you don't want to mess around and come to Pear in the Pickle at like one forty-five in the afternoon because <laughs> I'm gonna be closed. So okay, close let's let's talk about this real quick as a business owner. Yeah, do you feel like there's any purpose of having an open and close sign on the door because nobody fucking seems to read it? No, that does, it. I mean. I often ask myself that, but I feel like you could put a sign on the front door of your place that says, if you come in here, you will be set on fire <laughs> and nobody would read it. No, it wouldn't be there. Like literal fire. You'll be on fire and someone will walk right in. Why didn't you tell me I was going <laughs> to combust, man? I'm on fire now. Like you walked right past a sign, sir. So yeah. Every day, every day. But to, you know, 
it's hard. I, I don't off. I don't stay open till exactly two, ever. <laughs> so just so anyone listening out there wants to come to Pear in the Pickle, you know, you should come before. You should come one thirty at the latest. Otherwise, I might be closed. Fair enough. Sometimes I'm just finished. You know, you start at eight. It's like one thirty, and I just I I'm like I, I I'm done. I don't want to make any more sandwiches today. I think that that's. A luxury that you should be in. You can, so we you can talking, grant yourself. Yeah. Totally. With owning a business now for going on almost four years, again, congratulations. Thank you. What, if there is anything that comes to mind, was the most unexpected thing of opening a business that you found or just being a part of this? Um, it's hard because so many, I mean, it's my first business. So, so many things were kind of unexpected. I somehow didn't expect to be interacting. That's sort of a byproduct, but I didn't expect to be interacting with, you know, the customers as much as I'm interacting with the customers for some, somehow I thought that, you know, it would, there would be less sort of customer Bobby interaction there, but it's full on you know, interaction. Yeah. Um, it's an open kitchen. I think I was surprised. There's a lot of little rules, you know, I mean, just building code rules. Okay. And, and, and like how much, you know, how hot your hot water heater has to be set to. And there's just a ton. Those are some silly examples. Sure. But I, I did not expect there to be rule, like some rules that, that there are, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and I guess to be fair, I didn't expect that it was going to be a seven-day-a-week job either. Yeah. Everyone warned me that it would be. Anyone that I talked to that owned a business was like, yeah, it's a, it's a full-time job. And I'm like, yeah, I get full-time. Beyond like, no, full-time. It's, it's like really it's all the times of your life job. Yeah. And I was like, oh, whatever. I, I'm going to make mine different. <laughs> and, and it's just not, you know, it's just full time. Yeah. I mean, it's so full time, in fact, that like when I'm unable to be there, we're oftentimes we have to close, you know? Yeah. So it's super, it's like super full time. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was pretty surprising. It's pretty shocking when you're not used to that. Like I was always used to working. I've been working, you know, most of my life since I was old enough to work pretty much. I've been working and so I'm used to work and hard work and full-time work, but I was not, I was really surprised by actually how much it takes to, to run a small business. Well, even though you're only, you know, say even if you, you're open till two, yeah, you close at one thirty yeah. or whatever, the job doesn't end no. at that time. There's always, yeah. it's, it's kind of with you consistently. There's, yeah. There's a couple hours worth of work I do at home and then in between hanging out with the children absolutely as much as possible. You know, when they go to bed, there's a little bit uh, more work. And I don't know, I feel like I'm, compl- I'm not, I don't want no. anyone to get the idea that I'm complaining about it because it's fine. It's just, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. Like, surprising, and a surprising it, amount. <laughs> I, I would like to transition into any unique advice that you may have for anyone out there that's interested in starting a business, whether it is food related or not. Yeah. Is there anything that you think would be a, good to avoid or good to watch out for, just good to do? I mean, I definitely just watch your, watch, watch your bottom line very closely. Watch your spending and keep really good books, keep really accurate books and, 
that seems to be the hardest thing is to just keep your spending in line with, with, with reality. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, you know, you might have, you might be starting a small business because you came across some capital that you didn't think you were going to come across and, you know, maybe buying things that you don't necessarily need. I think that's something you watch out for. And just like what we were talking about with the time, uh, if you're getting ready to open a small business, make sure that you're ready to give up a lot of your time for it. And, you know, maybe take, maybe take a vacation before you open it. Cause you're not going to get one for a few years. So. Get your vacations out of the way, get your concert goings out of the way, you know, and then, then open your small business. Yeah. But I think the big thing is, you know, have a good accountant, I guess would, would have been a short way to answer that. Question. Okay. Yeah. Have a really good accountant. They're really, really important. Yeah, without the without the money, there's nothing else. Yeah, I mean, it's all about. I mean, it's all about the money. Everything is. Every. I mean, this is America. It's all about the money, buddy. Yeah, get that money. Uh huh. <laughs> I imagine that. Get it. Keep it. Don't lose it. All of those things. How fine tuned on your budgeting and spending and things were you prior to being a family man, business owner, oh. homeowner? What was <laughs> Bobby's spending habits I was like not known I was not <laughs> known for being frugal you know? <laughs> I don't know I they weren't you change people change though yeah totally I think my spending habits were in line with any other uh any other person who's in the same sort of age and bracket as as me you know you uh, no I you know I I could have done better I guess sure. yeah I could have done a lot better. Yeah. That was another, it was, it's that, those are some of the benefits of opening a business. You know, I mean, I, I grew up really fast. I, it, I was sort of, like I said earlier, I'm late to the party in a lot of things like uh-huh. becoming a, doing adult things. Okay. Kind of had to happen pretty quickly when I opened the business. <laughs> <laughs> being an adult about things, you know? Yeah. Like it's just, it's easy to, when when no one else is counting, when no one else is counting on you, you know, like I have an employee, a couple of employees, you know, they're counting on me to to do the right thing and keep the shop going. You know, they're, totally. I, they're, they're, you know, we, they're counting on me. You know, they're they're paid employees, and so you can't just. That's that's a, a big lesson in being an adult is being responsible and owning a small business uh, worked me into that pretty fast. You know, mm-hmm. and I. So having people count on you like that, children counting on you, employees counting on you, you, it's like really, if you're having trouble growing up, put yourself in those situations and I bet you'll grow up pretty quickly. Yeah. If, if you have your head on straight or it'll just all fall apart (laughs) or it could all fall apart. It could all fall apart. Again, I'm very lucky because it could have easily gone the other way. I just, I happen to be in a partnership in life with one of the most amazing women that I've ever met and she's literally literally the brains behind the pair and the pickle and without her there would be there would be nothing so if she hadn't maybe been in the picture I was gonna I was like thing might not happen I was actually gonna this was a a a subject that I had in mind and I'm kind of glad that you just stumbled into it all right but like I mean obviously you know like I'm a pretty high anxiety stress level overthinking type of person sure and there's been a lot of stuff that i've done in my life that has been shitty i've been way worse at taking care of myself and just being 
generally irresponsible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, ever since I met Stacy and we've been together now for about over three years, uh, that's I've, awesome, man. That I have cool. become, it's helped shift my life together. And my question is, am I getting a handle on this or is it the other people that we're allowing in our lives that are helping us keep the lid on for us? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Like, where do you think you would be if you weren't in, I guess you'd be in a completely different situation. I'd be in a really weird, it'd be, re, it's really weird to think about that. But I like to think that I'm, that we're getting a handle on things. We just, sometimes you need the right person to come along. You know, you need the right teacher with anything. Like I wasn't an amazing student, but when I had a good teacher, I was a great student. And I think that, I think we're getting the handle on things. It's not just the other people, you know, we're, yeah. we're fully functioning humans you know we a lot of we i don't think oftentimes i don't give myself enough credit for how far i've come and uh, as much as i owe to uh, my partner you know i think a lot of it's on my shoulders i think you could say the same thing you know probably when you're when you start thinking about the nitty-gritty of it you know it's mostly you just you have the right person that's helping keep you on the right path. Sure. I do. I say this a lot. I think that, you know, when it comes to anything in life, if you wanted it in order to, for something to happen, you actually have to want it to happen. For sure. No matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something you didn't necessarily want, like something really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the times, well, that could be a really nuanced conversation, but I was just thinking about sometimes like, things happen because you didn't want to take care of something else. And then as a side effect, something terrible happens, but that's not always the case. Not always, but you know, I just do it. That's me overthinking again. I'm just trying to, I'm right there with the cord on that before (laughs) with just five minutes of silence. Just us just lost in thought. Yeah. It's, it's wild. The, the sort of left and right of, of that, of that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I made where, 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 where I'm, I lost. Exactly. We were just chatting about, um, the responsibilities that we have to ourselves and oh, how right. other people influence the changes yeah. in our lives. Be them good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she also helped me. She helped me a great deal. Uh, back to Alexis, you know, uh, understanding about myself, you know, I, I, because she was there, I realized that there was, so I, I had, uh, had a bad, I used to drink a lot. I yeah. used to drink a whole lot and I don't drink anymore, but it was, it was her helping me realize, you know, that, that, uh, that I was worth more than I was worth, I was, I was worth more than just the drinks. You yeah. Know? And she helped me realize that that's a bad thing that she helped me realize, you know? Yeah. And, I have lived very happily sober since for about, I don't know, it'll be four years in December. So Yeah. I remember yeah. we've talked about this before. That was right yeah. around the time you were open. That's like so yeah. much change so to much, take man. on at once. Yeah. That's Sorry, I fell crazy. down the hole there for a second in the conversation. But it was no. a lot. Of, it was definitely a lot of change. Um, you know, no more drinking. And drinking, I think also, because I am such an anxious person and, I have very high anxiety level. I think I was self-medicating for a long time. I think the alcohol was like 
because when I was drinking and it was daily, it was the only time during the day was that I felt normal was when I was drinking that I felt like sure. a normal person, you know, I, even if I weren't drunk necessarily, just having just alcohol in my system just equalized me somehow, made me feel normal. And um, now kind of the thing that, that, that makes me feel normal and helps me with my anxiety is all the tasks of the day, owning the small business, uh, having, having two small children at home, uh, being part of trying to be uh, part of a healthy relationship every day. You have to try hard to be a part of a healthy relationship, I think. And those tasks every day, those are now the thing that keep me feeling normal. In a way, you know? it was like, you know, I mentioned before that you're a very no bullshit person, but in a way you were kind of bullshitting yourself Yeah, with the booze. Totally. And now it's like, there's no time for that yeah. because I got all this other I know. awesome shit to take care of. I mean, I had no conception of reality when I was, when I was drinking. I, I feel like when I stopped drinking, I, I officially became the age person that I was when I started drinking. <laughs> like the, okay, okay so i started drinking heavily when i was you know i don't know 19 and then i got into my 40s so now i quit drinking and i'm like a 20 year old now now Hell i'm yeah. like 23 i feel like so i'm learning at that at that pace i guess there's a whole block of years there that i just didn't learn anything yeah so now now that i'm sober i could start learning again i know too that I don't know how much this really ties into any of this stuff, but going back to your just roots coming up in the restaurant industry, mm -hmm. I know there's a whole lot of drinking and yeah. drugs in that industry to begin with. Yeah, it's really it's it's really prevalent, and it's a it that was the allure in the beginning for me because I already wasn't um, I. I knew when I started working in restaurants, and I started working in restaurants, you know, part time, obviously when I was fourteen, and those were the first jobs I took were in restaurants, washing dishes or, you know, bussing tables. Um, and I would see the cooks and they would stand in the back. And this is, granted, this is like the early 90s uh, when this was happening. So they were like standing in the back of the kitchen, but, you know, by the back door, like smoking cigarettes, you know, drinking beer while they were just on the clock, you yeah. know, making food. They would take a five and just sit back and drink a beer and have a cigarette. And I, for some reason, thought that was like about as cool as it got, you know, there was like rock and roll playing in the kitchen and it's just, everyone was hanging out with each other after work and giving each other rides to work. It was like this weird little community yeah, of totally. like, uh, sort of like lawless. Yeah. Fucking, uh, like miscreants. And it's crazy. I don't think it's that way anymore. I think cooking is like turn the corner into being a very respectable, <laughs> the, I don't know. I, I, I feel that it's not, I know. it wasn't respectable then, but I, like, I still know, like, I still know some people that work in kitchens, and I yeah. think it's a lot of the same. I think probably to some extent, but I also think that the people that are coming up nowadays, like the young kids that are like learning how to cook, they're they're going to like four year universities and like sure. two year schools to learn how to cook before they even step into the kitchen. Where before it was more like you kind of learned on the job you okay. learn the job on the job and, and that's really not the case so was that your your story then i mean i did a little bit of the culinary school i went to the walt disney world culinary apprenticeship program uh i did that and that how, was a, that was a blast. how does that work i'm really curious about well you that. go to so 
in in trade for working for them uh you get class class hours and you know they have instructors and there's seminars and it's you know you spend a couple weeks learning how to use a knife you spend a couple weeks learning how to cut a vegetable and then you learn you know it's and then you you in your spare time work at Walt Disney World (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's a blast so know? do you work some at, people think it's a blast some do you work at disney you were cooking at disney yeah i was cooking at disney i was in a place at, at disney my main my main sort of hub and you could work anywhere you wanted when you were there pretty much but i enjoyed working and there's a spot there it's not there anymore it was called pleasure island and it was like at the time it was the one place on property that you could go and if you were an adult, go and have a beer or a drink. And so there were like different theme nightclubs. Like there was eight tracks, the disco club and there was <laughs> frontier. I forget. I think it was called, Oh, the adventure club. And you know, it was like old timey. Now you, you imagine maybe the national geographic club being like this. And I was in the gym. Mine was the jazz company. And every night there was a different jazz person. There was like live music and that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. There's live music and, and the food was pretty good. The food at Disney world's pretty good actually at least it was when i was there i haven't been yeah been back since I I, i've there. been doing my research because we're going in a few weeks yeah and uh it seems like there's a lot of really cool spots so i'm yeah. looking forward to it yeah yeah now with let's like there's a whole lot of bouncing around it seems like with you oh yeah let me try to get my story straight okay so you are from michigan yeah okay so was it michigan to orlando it was michigan yeah, Michigan to Orlando, uh, Orlando, briefly back to Michigan, then a couple minor stops on the West Coast. I was in Steamboat Springs, Colorado for a year, Okay, um, wow. which was cool. A little college there called Colorado Mountain College. Uh, it's like a junior college. It's like a two-year place, but you know, you could... You were in the mountains. It was beautiful. You could do whatever you wanted. Really. <laughs> I was in my, I was a young, young yeah. kid still. Sure. It was a party. Uh, and then New York City after after Colorado was okay. New York City. Yeah. How long were you in New York for? Oh, I mean, all told, probably it was, I'm trying to think of the day I moved, the date I moved to Pittsburgh. I think it was 14 years. Okay. Yeah. I'm really curious because that that transition, just like that Midwest Michigan <laughs> transition to Florida. Granted, you were in, yeah. in Disney, so you know, it was kind of like a little bit of like and a, I never left an, al- an altered reality right. of sorts. Right. But then to Colorado that's you know super low key. Like you real like, chill. Yeah. It's like I feel like yeah. there's a lot of kind of like more laid back, relaxing sort of environments to New York. Yeah. What was that transition like on your personality? It was crazy. It was crazy. That's that's really to be perfectly honest, that's really when the hard drinking started is when I moved to New York okay. City. Okay. It was intense. It was crazy. And it was like you're right, I was a Midwestern kid. Um I didn't know anything about anything. Not that I know anything about anything now, but I really didn't know anything about anything then and you are suddenly in a in a in a place where there's people from all over the world, all different levels of education, all different walks of life, all in the same place. It's really cool. And uh, 
I really didn't. I tell people that I grew up that I grew up in Brooklyn because I feel like I did, you know. So I so you moved, I really learned a lot. You moved to Brooklyn what in your early twenties? Then yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I I didn't leave until my thirties. Yeah, yeah. Came to Pittsburgh. Happy to be in Pittsburgh. Wasn't sure at first, but super happy about it now. Yeah. What was the what? I don't know. This is such a corny question, but what's the one thing you miss most about New York? That honestly, I felt like I could do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. <laughs> it's like a common theme. At, you know, whenever <laughs> I wanted. Yeah. Like if I wanted a slice of pizza at two in the morning there was a million places i could go to get a slice of pizza at two in the morning sure even when even when it came to like doctor's appointments like i could have a doctor's appointment at 7 30 on a friday and it was it wasn't that uncommon i mean it was a little bit uncommon but i could at least find one if i needed one sure you know what i mean there were doctors that kept evening hours and that's pretty much it you know just you feel kind of you feel a little bit powerful when you live there. Like you do whatever you want, really. Yeah. If you just think about it enough, you can do whatever you want. And there, that, I mean, people say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. I, I kind of firmly believe that. I'm not sure I made it in New York, <laughs> but I I do believe that. I, I believe that sort of adage, if that's what you could call it, an adage that uh -huh. if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. I was there's a there's a comedian uh, that's from New York. His name's Andrew Schultz. He's a pretty funny guy. But I was watching one of his bits and he was talking about that. And he was like somewhere in the middle of like nowhere, like mm -hmm. some Midwest place. And there was like nobody there. Yeah. He's like, you know, they say you can make it in New York, you make it anywhere. He's like, you know, sell out New York. There's like five people here or something like that. I guess he just kind of <laughs> ragging on himself yeah. and that whole concept that like right. there is still definitely a bubble, like a, a bubble in New York of people that are really famous there, but nobody gives a shit about them outside of that bubble. Yeah. Yeah. But I think those bubbles exist everywhere. I think you're right. It's – I don't miss it that much anymore, really. Um, I go to New York to visit my uncle pretty frequently, and I'll be mm -hmm. there for, you know, three, four, five days. And even just that short amount of time, I'm like, I can't believe there are people that live here. That's wild. It's fucking crazy to I me. I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, can you imagine having the twins in New York City on a fourth floor walk up and having <laughs> with groceries? Can you imagine? I can't even it seems begin like to imagine. It's so much extra effort. It's so crazy. But the city's set up that it makes it kind of manageable in a way. Like just the groceries, for instance, there's like bodegas on every corner yeah that are pretty well stocked so you don't necessarily have to do what we do here and like and i'm not saying everybody does it here but what we do here is we go to the grocery store once a week and buy all our groceries for the week pretty much and take them home you know in our car yeah it, it that's doesn't that's not really possible there for me it wasn't anyway i didn't have a car and having a car would have been like um prohibitively expensive and then paying for parking the car. So what you would do is figure out what you wanted to eat that night. And on your way home from work, you would just stop at the bodega and pick up the things you needed for dinner. So you could do it, I guess. Yeah. But it's set up. The See, point is, is it's set up to sort of operate on a smaller, it's such a big city, but it kind of operates on like almost like a smaller, yeah. a smaller scale in that That's way. That's really interesting to think about. I would much rather prefer 
being able to have a situation like that. And it's like yeah. what me and Stacy, even when we do go grocery shopping, it's like we think, okay, what days are we actually going to be home to eat? Yeah. Because we don't want to buy a bunch of fresh stuff and then it <laughs> right. goes bad. And it which does happen. happens a lot. It happens yeah. really quickly, especially if you're buying it from fucking Giant Eagle because it's already been milling around in a truck for yeah. like four and a half months or something before it gets fucking to you. Giant Eagle. <laughs> but i mean that's the one thing that kind of stinks about this side of town is there isn't a place to just get fresh produce really it's really a bummer we tried to do it at the pear and the pickle but it didn't really it was it was too it was hard it was hard for us to keep really fresh produce in in the in that environment and and our hours made it also very hard to be honest we made it harder oh, totally you can't it. stop on your way home if you close <laughs> it to 120 127 <laughs> yeah you can't so but you're right there's really it's kind of like i hate to say it but it's a little bit of a food desert uh, up in trail you know I think, too, a lot of people here are so used to that concept of, you know, go to your Giant Eagle, mm-hmm. go to your those places that the a market-type place, I would wonder how well it would even do. I feel like it would take time for people to even adapt to that concept of like, oh, totally. let's go down to the market and get stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have the strip, right. which is great. It's pretty cool. I think it's another one of those things, too, that it happens in New York but doesn't happen in other places. And and I'm only saying citing New York because I have experience there. I'm, maybe Boston is the same or Chicago, but n- people that live in the city don't need to have cars because there's such great public transportation. So because of that, people are on foot a lot taking public transportation. There's more places to shop, you know. Yeah. And here in Pittsburgh, everyone has a car. Like you kind of need a car to survive. the The buses are okay, but they're not perfect. Uh, in our neighborhood. We don't even have a bus on Sundays. Yeah. And you need a car. You kind of need a car to operate. I hate, I know I'm saying that in the face of a lot of people that don't have cars here in town and, and operate just fine. Um, but it makes it a whole heck of a lot easier. I think the way to phrase it would be if you want to be like, like you don't need a car to be maximally efficient in a place like New York. Right. But in Pittsburgh, you definitely need a car if you want to be. If you want to maximize efficiency getting to point to A it. to point B. That's a much better way to put it. Like there's yeah. ways to do it. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? Like if you're in Troy Hill, for all my Troy Hillers, on a Sunday you want to get somewhere, you can walk down to the bottom of the hill and catch the one, but yeah. it's not very efficient. It's not super efficient. No. And I'll also I'm a big fat guy now. You know, I I try to walk up and down the hill when I can. But if I I mean, I maybe I wouldn't be a big fat guy if I didn't have a car. It'd probably be cool. Maybe. It'd be a thing. Something to think about. Yeah. I mean, I don't have very long of a commute to work. Yeah. Just a couple blocks, really. Uh Uh-huh. No, I think I'm going to keep the car a little bit for the kids. Yeah. Keep it for the kids. Yeah. You got to take them places. They they need to go to playgrounds and stuff. So they're getting to an age now where, obviously, interests are starting to develop. (laughs) Yeah. And you're probably seeing, like... You know, some similarities and differences between the two. Sure. Has anything surprised you? I mean, I'm sure there's been plenty of things that have surprised you. But Everything. in terms of just like they're just <clears throat> interests, like anything like the really catching you off guard with things they're gravitating towards. Not, it didn't catch me off guard, but the amount that they're into. So we did the thing where when they were babies and little, we didn't 
because they were little boys, we didn't buy them just trucks and like army guys or whatever. You know, we were very cool. Like we bought a little bit of everything, you know, they had some dolls and, and every, and, and they had a little bit of everything, but somehow these, these two guys are just like, they know construction vehicles and dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah. And, and race cars. Those are the three things that they're most into are construction vehicles, dinosaurs, and race cars. And we're to the, like, we'll drive down the highway and they'll just yell out construction vehicles. There's a bucket loader. There's an S they know the names of them all, you know, <laughs> bucket loader. I'm like, how do you know that's a bucket loader? Oh, it's a bucket loader data. I was like, okay. So <laughs> somehow they pick up the names of these things and, and they just, they're really passionate about, they're really passionate about <laughs> construction vehicles. I'm also surprised that it's because I have identical twins and just how different they they are. You know, they look really, they look similar to many people, but they're just completely different little boys. You yeah. Know? I have one sort of dramatic little guy and he, you know, he's amazing in his own way. And I have another little guy who's just very sort of seems straight laced, you know. And it's just really fun. It's, I can see them growing up together and like one of them saying, no, you shouldn't do that. Don't do that. You know, <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, the, uh, the yin and yang of you yeah. has been split it's into totally, two different beings. It's totally true. <laughs> it's totally true. And a thing I think I did when I became a parent was everything that they, every sort of mannerism they had, I would, I would swear up and down. Oh, my gosh, I do that. I do that. I can't believe it. They're little. They're little me's running around. It's just wild. It's crazy how fast life, like life, moves. It's true. Yeah, it because goes really you know, quickly. just Doesn't, it probably feels like you know a blink of an eye ago that they were just like tiny. little things, and now they're talking about bucket loaders. I know what the hell <laughs> bucket loaders. It used to tick me <laughs> off when parents would say, uh, when people with children would tell me, "Oh, it's just." It goes by so fast. Like it, I mean, every time that's the one thing that people say. And it's, it's the one true thing. It's the one true thing that it does. It, it actually goes by pretty quick because they're going to be four in April and it's, it's wild. I can always time the cafe's age because the children were born like four days before we opened the cafe. <laughs> Good timing. Oh, yeah. That was real, <laughs> real smart. I was. I was still a drinker then, buddy. Oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't have a fully formed plan. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> With That's crazy, man. One of my favorite things about being at the cafe, now that it's been open for four years, Yeah, I'm there every day. You are. One of my favorite things about being there is there's always an eclectic selection of music playing ah, in the cafe. Sure. Which is sometimes you're... Response. You're responsible for it. Other Sometimes. times, it's you know the employees. Yeah. I, I feel like everybody gets their fair turn. Yeah, yeah. To pick the music out. It's part of. I tell but, people that when they're interviewing. Yeah. That, yeah. That, oh, know, like if I if, if this was a job interview, like music's like, a part of this. Yeah. Like you can you can totally play whatever music you're into. It, you know, I think I think it's cool that you can just like be working and making an egg sandwich and have a mood and go over go over to the go over to the to the to the Spotify station the Spotify station uh -huh. and and just put on what you're feeling at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's really cool 
to have that because I've heard just the most wild card music of stuff in there. Like anything from anything from, you know, the cure to Tom Petty yeah. to something weird like like cattle be listening to Tame Impala. Yeah. And then Paramore was on the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really I mean I, I like I feel all like those music's things. like a big part of your life. It's, it's basically the part. point that I'm getting to. Yeah. And we haven't touched a, a whole lot on that. I know. But you know, with music in your life, was actually playing music ever anything that you aspired to do? Or were you just always a fan? I so my when I was growing up, uh, my uncle, who's my mother's uh, youngest brother, um, lived with us for a long period of time, and he lived in our basement, and it was a real like. That's some typical <laughs> uncle shit. Some some weird <laughs> uncle shit. Yeah. yeah, like he was clearly like. <laughs> Not making the right life choices that he was yeah. living in his sister's basement. I had an so uncle anyway, like that too. It's fine. <laughs> he's living in our basement. Yeah. But he is a great guitar player. He's a great musician. And he had a band and it was called uh, it was called Molten Metal. Oh, and, it, and their business card, they had business cards. And the business card said Molten Metal. And then under it in little writing, it said Liquid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and they all had names, man. Like oh, hell yeah. my uncle's name was Don. So his name, his band name was Adam Don. And then there was Dazzlin' Donnie and Terrible Tim. And they all had names. And it was like, but I was eight. Sure. And that was amazing to me. <laughs> that was They were like the coolest dudes that ever lived. But they were just in this basement rock band. They were just grown-ups, not grown-up, not adulting very well at yeah. the time. You know? And I will, you know, so he would always play guitar. And we would sit out on the porch and he would play his guitar on the porch and write songs and just from a very young age, I remember sitting on the porch with my uncle while he played his acoustic guitar and just made a song or, and every time I was like, uncle Don, teach me how to play guitar. And I think he was just too lazy to teach me, but he would always tell me my fingers weren't long enough, which is, it's like, you won't be able to reach all the strings. And you know, later in life, you realize what kind of bullshit that is though. There's little kids that play guitar all over the internet. Yeah. They're everywhere. Seven year olds. They're like amazing at guitar at any rate. I always wanted to be a musician, but the closest I got to it was a little bit of violin in, uh, in, in like middle school, elementary, middle, and high school. Well, the other thing, too, is that a lot of younger players that have smaller hands have different scaled guitars. Okay. So they can play. Oh, I know okay. that's a so. thing, too. Yeah, they do make like different scales and stuff for so different fits, people. So it fits the smaller hands. So I feel I'm going to, I'm going to, Give him the benefit of the okay. doubt and say it was 50-50. Yeah. He didn't have a, like a guitar to scale, and he also probably just didn't feel like doing that. I'm going to give – he was like – he was kind of a father <laughs> figure to me, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt too And because uh, by the time my fingers may have been long enough, he's stopped living in my mom's basement. He met a girl, and he just lived at this girl's house. Okay. Until, you know, until the end of his days. So – I think maybe had he still lived in the basement, I wouldn't know how to play guitar by now. But he moved out when I was like 14. When it came to music, what was your first like love of music? The Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. Yeah. Cool. That was that came so, from that rock. came from my family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they listened to it. So I guess there's this other band, the Traveling Wilburys. They listen to them a lot too. These are just bands like records that I that stick out in my head that I see like sitting on and top stuff of you the grew record up with. Player. Yeah, so you, you have know. like all that nostalgia, yeah. pulling at your yeah, heartstrings yeah. when you totally, think of it. Totally, like uh, Roy Orbison, 
my mom was a big Roy Orbison fan and uh, Patsy Cline, The Doors, uh, Whenever Pink he, Floyd. Yeah, a lot of these. These are a lot of the uh, bands that were being played at my house when I was a kid. Gotcha. So in your now more current times, or maybe just over the course of your life, have you ever fallen in love with or gotten really into a style of music or an artist that you wouldn't have expected? Because, like, you know, I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about how people change, personalities change, tastes in food change, and, Mm -hmm. like, taste in music, I think, changes a lot, too, as you get older. Was there anything that's come across your musical palette that has uh, surprised you? Not really. Every I I have yet to encounter a like a, a flavor of music that I don't find some value in. Okay. It it's like really rare. There'll be a band here and there that I'm like uh, I don't get it. But <laughs> the kind of the kind of music they play is yeah. not why I don't get it. You know, it has some other there's something else wrong with them in my head. You know sure. what I mean? It's not because they play a certain kind of music. So there's not really been anything that I've been um surprised that I've liked. Fair I enough. mean I've liked uh, gangster rap, classical music. I, I like punk rock a lot. I, I like singer-songwriter stuff. I, I, I do. I like. I feel like I like it all, and I, I don't feel like that's a cop-out answer either. No, I don't <laughs> think it is either. Because I think like music's a direct reflection of life, and every style of music, every song caters to a different mood, and we all have a a medley of moods and yeah. things that we go through. Totally. So I find it like, I mean, I guess not everybody relates music to their life. There are the people way, that when you but, ask them if they listen to music, they literally say no. Yeah. Some people don't. It's crazy to me. There's some people that don't like food either. You know, Which they eat, also crazy. It's, it blows my mind. Yeah. I think that there's a, a very heavy correlation between music and food mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, the creation of it and also the way you can, uh, take part in it. I always find that uh, people that have like a very unique style when it comes to cooking, I feel like you use the same parts of your brain that you would use when creating a song. I or- agree with you. It's very creative. It, so I, I definitely agree with you there. It's, uh, it's, a big, it's a big outlet for me. I used to do these... And I say used to because I haven't done one in a while, but these Saturday suppers, and it was a, it was an opportunity for me to to um, to just make food that I could anything I wanted. I could think for yeah, think up some dishes, and it's fun to create like that. It's fun to create on the fly too, like when you don't know what you're going to make for dinner, and you just look in the fridge and you start throwing things in a pan. It's fun. So I get I get what you're saying that like making music is is similar. To, to cooking creative creatively speaking I, I would have to agree with you in terms of the behind the curtain of mm-hmm. being you know somebody that's been in the kitchen for as long as you have and being a business owner now for a few years you have this time that you've spent behind the curtain and as a musician I have my time that I've spent behind the curtain and yeah. it's really hard for me now to go to a live show and not analyze little things and really nitpick things that I normally wouldn't if I was just the normal person. It's hard for me to just let go. Sure. Is that an experience that you feel if you go out to eat at a restaurant? All the time. So, I mean, all the time. Like you're just... 
there's these stop nuances. My wife actually makes me, if we're sitting at a table where I can see the kitchen, she makes me turn the other way, like sit, <laughs> in, sit in the other booth. She's like, no, you're sitting with your back to the kitchen because she won't be able to talk to me. I'll just be watching, watching the kitchen every place I go. I mean, I am, I, I complain about Yelp reviews, but I would be the worst. <laughs> I would be the worst critic of restaurants oh, by no. far. Yeah. By far, I'm the worst critic of restaurants. I mean, I blacklist restaurants in my head just for the littlest thing. It's hilarious. Wow. It's hilarious. Yeah. It, it's just. What I'm is your biggest critic. pet peeve when it comes to a restaurant, if there is one? Uh, cleanliness. That's by far my biggest pet peeve. If if it looks like it's not if not being taken care of, like. Hmm. Yeah. A dirty bathroom. That's mm-hmm. my, that's probably the biggest one. Okay. Yeah. Dirty bathroom. Yeah. Does that sound weird? Does that no. make me sound like a weirdo? No. What about in terms of food? Not necessarily mm, atmosphere. Yeah. Just like, are you a guy that's all about like presentation or is it more like just, it, is this like, is this like a good plate of food? Am yeah. I getting what I if paid for? Good. Yeah. Like, it has you probably good. understand more of the behind the scenes of like what goes sure. into how much it really costs to make a plate of food. Yeah, and I recognize that, and I equate all of those into my irrational thoughts about food when I <laughs> eat at other places. But you know, it has to. The food has to appear that the person who prepared it cared about it. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. If it just is like looks and tastes like the person who prepared it was just trying to get something out to me as fast as they could then that's why it could be pretty much it could be hard when a place is like super busy obviously yeah because if they if they're slammed you know they have multiple agendas they're trying to get make obviously in some circumstances a lot of people are probably trying to prepare the bet the food that they possibly can and the fat the like the best way they can sure sure but you got other people in the kitchen probably rushing them because oh, they yeah. need, they got, there's only so much grill space yeah. or this or that hurry, or servers hurry, or, yeah, quicker, it's like, yeah, so they're staring at us, give me the food. Yeah. All know? those, all those variables. It's tough. It's a tough balance. That's why I always tell people, you know, if a place is super busy, maybe that's not the spot you want to go. Maybe it's not, you know, that's the one thing. Like it's when, a sign of a good place, but try to find a time yeah. when it's slower. That way you can right. get the, it's, it's hard because get the right product. When you're really, really busy, you know, that's, that's the tricky balance is to do what I said, care about it and, 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 and make a good, make a good product, even though you're really busy and you might just want to get it out as fast as possible. I will say, you know, this, that's the first time I've finally found something that is phenomenally different between food and music. Sometimes with food, the less people you get a more intimate experience, Mm -hmm. but most of the time with music. You kind of want more people. You want a more rowdy experience. Yeah. I guess that also depends on the genre of music sure. too. Well, you probably feed off of the crowd yeah. when you're playing music. You know, I can imagine if, well, you're, I think if even, you're playing live music in front of somebody and you're standing in front of a bunch of, you know. Well, I think that the audience feeds off it too. And I think oh, that's sure. why those bigger shows or I would say smaller shows, a local show that maybe has 20, 30 people, yeah. there's like this weird energy in the air and nobody wants to be excited. <laughs> but you go see Iron Maiden, yeah. and obviously it's cool because it's Iron Maiden, yeah. but you also have fucking 10,000 people or tw- however many fucking people and screaming at the top of their lungs, and there's just this energy that 
gets brought into the, the must space. Have been an amazing show, by the way. It was nuts. Oh, it was a lot of fun. I'm not like an Iron Maiden fan, but I'm not, you know, I'm open to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally open to it. But everyone who went to that show that I know, and I knew some, I, probably a handful of people that went to that show, just had a great time. Yeah. Just they loved it. Yeah. They really, they really went above and beyond to, That's awesome. to put a good show on. That's really cool. 1,000%. Because they're old dudes. No offense to Iron Maiden if they're listening. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, yeah. They're, no, they 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 joked about being older guys. Yeah. They're like, they're like, you know, you're an old band when Rolling Stone finally wants to talk about you. <laughs> Good for that. So I think they're very self aware, and that's part of what makes it great. It's not like this thing where it's like these, you know, these guys still trying to act like they're in their twenties, and it just comes off as like really sad or yeah. disingenuous. Kind of it's very, you know, like, we're going to poke fun at us. We're going to have fun, and we're still going to do our fucking thing. Yeah. Like, you know, like. They apparently rocked out. Oh, yeah. You said they were bouncing all over the stage. Yeah. Everything. There's, there's, you can't, the only way you could put a show like that together is if you've been doing it for as long as they've been doing it. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, the experience really shows. I kind of wish I would have gone. I mean, I just would have been there rocking out, not knowing what I was rocking out to, but that probably would have been fine. Yeah. It's just a concert. Concerts, I, that's, I love going to concerts. I don't get a chance to go to many concerts or to go to many shows anymore. I kind of miss that. The one thing I missed being a parent, it would be going to concerts, yeah. going to local shows. Yeah. That's going to change, though. I know. And people are like, you can totally go to local shows now. I'm like, I could. But part it's, of you it's maybe a lot just more difficult a, yeah. to find a babysitter to take care of two three-year-olds as opposed to just sure know, on just the drop of hats so. and there's also there's so much that's happening now so fast that we mentioned and i think there's probably part of you that wants to make sure you're there for it yeah definitely because it's gonna i mean i've there's been people i know that have talked to me before about this that are parents and things like that and it's just kind of like a it gets to a point where they're not going to want to be around you at all oh, man. so i'm not looking forward to that <laughs> but i fully ex i fully expect it yeah but i'm not looking forward to it so that's that's a true thing i i want to be around them because they want they want hugs right now they want to hang out with dad you know they they want to just be as close to you as possible if you're not watching them play like even when they're playing with each other they say dad watch me play Oh yeah, like that's showing cool. off. Watch yeah. me jump. Yeah, watch, watch, watch. You have to constantly watch, watch what them. I could do, and they you do know? something that's not very impressive. Yeah. But you're and like, you're cool. Like, oh man, great job, <laughs> rock and roll, great dude. Job. <laughs> you're the best nose picker. <laughs> you're the best one I've ever seen, buddy. Good work. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, dude, speaking of things going fast, I think this hour went pretty fast because oh, really? we just hit it. I was just hitting my stride. That's how it usually goes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> this was an amazing experience. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. No, dude, thanks for coming down and taking time to chat with me. Oh, I'm happy And to. thanks for, you know, being open when I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis, told me, Alexis told me to tell you, and I agree with her, that the, we have we have the pair in the pickle for people like Brian and Stacy. You know, oh, so yeah. It's definitely true. I fucking love that spot. If you have not <laughs> been to the Pear and the Pickle, come on up to Troy Hill. Come on the up address, the address, 1800 Rialto Street, 15212. Oh, damn. Thank you. Yeah, He's right. I know it. 1800 Rialto. That's how often I'm there. I know it. And I live in the neighborhood. If you come by, typically, you know, between 8 and 10 p.m. Or no, 8 and 10 a.m. 
yeah. 8 and 10 a.m. You will find me unless it's the weekend, 9 and 11. That's right. Bro. What is up with that? Why do you open later on the weekends? I feel like most places open earlier on weekends and you're the opposite. I just, I, I to be honest, I need that extra hour. Fair enough. I need enough. that extra hour. Fair enough. There's a lot of people coming through pairing the pickle on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, yeah, I need an extra hour. There's a line at the door 10 minutes after hour. A line to the door That's 10 minutes crazy. after you open. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky to have people that want to come there. That That's was great. one thing I wanted to ask you. So before okay. we cut this. Yeah. Did you expect that to happen when you opened the spot? Never. To become like a sort of a destination place? <laughs> Never. Never. The idea was to be a sleepy little shop that had coffee and yeah, breakfast you sandwiches. Fucked that up, dude. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But we're happy about it. Yeah. We're happy every day. We're yeah. very grateful. Go up there. The place is awesome. Good sandwiches, good Thanks, food, man. good people, good music, good environment. Thank you. Thank Everything you very about much. it is the best. Ah, thank you so much. I love it. And uh that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. One more time, Bobby, thank you for being here. Cheers. I think we have empty cans, but fuck it. Whatever. Whatever. I'll be back again next time with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. And we fade that music out. And that's it. That's a podcast. That's awesome. Cool. Thanks for doing it, Sorry, dude. I stumbled a little bit there. Dude, it happens. I stumble. I, I was like, what were we just talking about? <laughs> Can you cut that part out where I say that? Or maybe not show this to anybody ever? <laughs> <laughs> and now I've actually stopped. Oh, is that part of the show where you get me to talk when I think I'm not talking anymore? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs>